0: Hello everyone and welcome to the No Such Thing As TMI podcast. Nothing is off limits here, all topics are welcome. I am your host Amelia Victoria, now let's get this show on the road. Hello guys, and welcome back to another episode of the No Such Thing As TMI podcast. This episode is going to be a little bit different today. It's just myself and the microphone, and I really do feel like we need a bit of a catch-up. So if you follow me on Instagram, you would know that I am going in for surgery number two for my endometriosis coming up very soon, and I think it's a good time to chat a little bit about why we're going in for surgery number two, um, the road to getting to surgery number two. Everything's just so different this time around in comparison to my first surgery. I'm gonna be at a different hospital. I've got a different surgeon. I've got a different medical team. And just so much has happened. Let's take things back a little bit to my first surgery. So my first surgery was now four years ago. And in that space of four years, so much has happened. Blake and I were able to conceive our son, Easter. We had him and now he is two years old. And the postpartum journey for me is where my endometriosis really ramped up. I had quite a stressful pregnancy as well, but postpartum is where the signs and the symptoms of my endometriosis reoccurring really showed up. So of course, I go to my GP to get a new referral for my endo specialist because it had expired already. And the first thing that my GP wanted me to do was go and get an internal ultrasound. Internal ultrasound did show some red flags again of... Endometriosis reoccurring, so my ovaries were no longer mobile again. And of course, with the amount of pain that I was in and how frequent that my pain was, that was also another red flag. Now, in terms of my symptoms and my pain, it was quite different from before my endo diagnosis. Before my diagnosis, I was just getting a lot of really debilitating period pain, and it was only pain associated around my period. Of course, there were things like intense bloating, vomiting, diarrhea, fainting due to how much pain I was in. But all of those symptoms occurred around my period. Since my postpartum journey and getting my periods back again, it is no longer just pain around my period. It is pain at any time, any point, anywhere I am, it can be around ovulation time. It's leading up to my period. It's during my period. It's after my period. And I just really found it hard to get relief from anything. During this time, I also seeked help from a naturopath. I started acupuncture. I started taking some supplements. I started to try and do some like exercise, like walking. And I've also tried reformer Pilates, which have been great for me. I've really enjoyed trying to exercise again, but I am not able to keep a solid routine like I would like to because my pain does come quite frequently. So in terms of getting relief, I feel like I had exhausted nearly all my options. My medication, my hot water bottle, and I've recently started using a TENS machine as well as doing pelvic floor physio have been my best friends. Something I also became quite mindful of is how regularly I needed to take pain medication and anti-inflammatory medication. It was a lot more regular than I'm used to. I do feel like I was getting to a point where a second surgery was definitely needed. So of course, I go to my endo specialist and try and get some help and see where they think that I'm at and what their recommendations are. And of course, I was expecting them just to say, let's go ahead with surgery number two. You're well and truly showing the signs to be ready for a surgery number two, especially with the symptoms that I was presenting and how frequently that I was presenting them. My symptoms this time around are anything from intense bloating to abdominal, lower back, pelvic and leg pain. I get pain whilst driving sometimes, as well as the chronic fatigue, the intense painful bowel movements and even pain after intercourse. Some of the other symptoms that I've noticed is purely just feeling the inflammation in my body, the tightness, the swelling, the heat, the itchiness. You can definitely see it all over my body and as well as on my skin. I've just been losing my quality of life quite quickly. And I think the hardest part about that is trying to parent during these times. I've really struggled lately with parenting because I've just been feeling so ill. Another really concerning symptom that became quite frequent was rectal bleeding and quite large amounts of rectal bleeding. And that was just completely pushed to the side by my endo specialist. And I was in complete shock. I felt so alone. And of course, they were just rattling off all the things I had already tried. Um, I had seeked another opinion from another endo specialist, and even then I was just being pressured into trying the contraceptive pill or trying the Marina, um, or even pressured to have a second baby. My original endo specialist and some of the new specialists that I was trying to seek second and third opinions from were all very pushy on having a second baby. And a lot of them did not actually want to go ahead with surgery until I had tried for a second baby. So they wanted us to try and conceive first if I didn't fall pregnant in four months than they were willing to try and do a surgery. Um, and I just wasn't really being heard. My feelings weren't being heard. Of course, I had just gone through a traumatic pregnancy, a very traumatic birth with my son. And the start to parenthood and motherhood for me just wasn't easy. I did suffer a lot with postpartum depression and anxiety as well. And I felt like I was just finding my feet somewhat again. And then to throw a second baby into the mix, I knew it just wasn't the right time for me. And I was constantly being pressured to have a second baby. The pressure to have a second baby by medical professionals was quite a lot to handle at the time, considering everything that Blake and I had just been through with Receiving Eastern and bringing Eastern into this world, it was just a lot to hear. And I really do believe it's so important that bringing another child into this world needs to be the couple's decision, not the medical professionals. And they definitely shouldn't be denying treatment to those who aren't ready to conceive just yet. And I almost felt like I needed to lie to some of these people and say, oh, we've been trying to conceive already just so I could be considered for another surgery. Now, let me just clear something up. Having a second baby is definitely something that I want and I am so excited to try and conceive again in the future. But at the time when all this was happening, and we're going back to March now, we're now in September, so it was quite a few months ago. I just wasn't ready at the time. And I was constantly being pushed and forced to have a second baby. I was being told that my time was running out. I only have until the age of 30. I had just turned 28 at the time. And the only options were try and conceive or let's go on the pill. Let's put you on the pill. And I was being pretty much shoved in the face with all these different pills that I knew weren't going to work for me. I have spoken about my experience with the pill in the past a few times now. And of course, all of these specialists knew my history with the pill because the first thing they ask is your medical history. And for me, the pill just really did not work with my mental health whatsoever. My mental health declined so quickly. And I had tried so many different pills before, so for me, I just knew it wasn't the right thing for me, and I had made a promise to myself years ago that I wasn't going to go on the pill again. Now, in no way am I pill shaming. I understand that the pill for some people is what they need to survive and how they live their day-to-day life, but for me personally, it did not agree with me. We, of course, know that studies have shown as well that the pill does not stop or slow the growth down of endometriosis. It simply masks the symptoms, but the medical field is still really quick to have that as your first option. Now, let's get to what I needed to do from there. From there, I did an extensive amount of research on trying to find endo specialists in Sydney, Australia, and it was just becoming so difficult. I had booked about five different specialists, and I was willing to go and pay the consultation fee for every single one of them until I found the right one for me, the right one that would listen to me and understand me and... And give me options, not just force things on me or push me into something that I wasn't comfortable doing. The process of finding the right specialist was also just so emotional and so overwhelming, especially after I thought I had found the right specialist for me already, who performed my surgery four years ago. And I was quite devastated by the treatment um, that I was getting from them. And at the time, that surgeon was doing a lot of media work about endometriosis and our views simply did not match up anymore. And I lost a lot of trust and faith in them. And I think when someone is operating on you and performing such a surgery, having trust in them is so important. And we just didn't align anymore. And the care and the treatment that I was getting, I just didn't feel was right for me anymore. So then began the hunt to find another specialist and I'm not going to give out any names. I'm not going to name and shame my previous specialist and I'm not going to release the name of my current specialist just yet, but in due time, I promise all will be revealed. Let's talk a little bit now about my first appointment with my now endo specialist. I was so nervous and anxious going into this appointment because I just had no idea what to expect. Now, I of course went very well prepared for this appointment. I had all my past medical history as well as all the questions that I wanted to ask them. And I immediately felt calm in their presence. They were so well-knowledged and they wanted to share all their knowledge with me and as well as listening to what I wanted. And straight away, they didn't even doubt or flinch about a second surgery and they already knew by my symptoms and what I was expressing that it was well and truly time for a second surgery, as well as to look a little bit deeper into the bowel because of my rectal bleeding, which is something that I was quite concerned about. I felt so calm knowing that something was finally going to be done and someone was finally going to take me seriously. Now of course from here the next step was seeing a bowel specialist again and undergoing another colonoscopy this was my second one already it had been found by the bowel surgeon that I did have a fissure so in terms of moving forward with the colonoscopy there was also going to be a procedure done to help that fissure heal. Um, During my colonoscopy it was found that my fissure had actually already healed so nothing needed to be done there it was just a standard colonoscopy which came back all clear. Unfortunately, a week or so later, I did have large amounts of rectal bleeding again, and it just kind of left me thinking, what is going on with my body? from there the rectal bleeding just continued to happen and it wasn't until I had a really really large alarming rectal bleed where I ended up in emergency again I had been in endo flare for days already and the bowel surgeon and specialist in the hospital checked me for fissures and there was nothing there they also checked me for hemorrhoids there was nothing there that presented so it was again unknown as to why there was so much rectal bleeding happening quite frequently. Something else that I was diagnosed with along the way was pelvic floor dysfunction. My pelvic floor is incredibly overactive and my pelvic floor physios have really been helping me through that journey. But of course, the reason that my pelvic floor is most likely overactive is it's a pain reaction as well as a stress reaction. So once my body's in pain or it's feeling stressed, my pelvic floor is trying to protect me from that pain and it's just tensing and tensing more and more each time I flare. And of course, with all this new information, my new surgeon was even more prepared to do this surgery because... Organ damage is at risk here. Fertility becomes at risk and... Of course, we don't want any more disease spreading and who knows where it is. You know, tests don't show everything. Ultrasounds don't show everything. And it was just time to really get the ball moving. So from there, my surgery was finally booked for the 22nd of September 2022. I felt so many emotions. I was obviously very excited and grateful to have found such an amazing surgery. But of course, I was filled with a lot of nerves and anxiety. I know this recovery is going to be so different to my first surgery. This surgery is a lot more invasive and there's so much more happening and there's a colorectal surgeon involved as well. And look, I'm going to go into so much more detail about what exactly is happening in my surgery and what is found after I just really want to give you guys the best information and knowledge I can but I gotta go through it first (laughs) I gotta live it and I need to recover and heal but of course I will always bring you guys along on this journey in hope to help you guys and help you feel less alone And to wrap up this episode, I just want to say a really big thank you to you all for all the love and support along this journey. Getting a second surgery has not been easy. I feel like I've really had to fight for answers again and fight for better care, for better treatment, and to really fight to be heard again and stand up for what I want and make my own choices and it's been a bit hard to navigate but I've had so much support around me and it's just made this journey that little bit more easier so a big thank you to you all As always, I am sending you all so much love and support and I cannot wait to share the preparation, the recovery and the outcome of this second surgery with you all. Thank you so much for listening to the No Such Thing As TMI podcast and I will speak to you all in my next episode.